God wants to, for each person, he wants each person to know radical freedom. And he wants each believer to know wonderful transformation. And the truth of the gospel is you um, fight from victory, not for victory. In other words, when you come to Christ, you become a new creation, there's a new birth, you go from death to life, you go from slavery to sonship, you go from darkness to light. That's what happens the moment you hear the gospel, you hear something about Jesus and your heart grows strangely warm. As the old speakers used to say, you, you went from struggling to hear about Jesus to falling in love with Jesus. You were born again. You became a new creation. The old was gone and the new has come. And that happens immediately. So when we talk about renewing of the mind, we're not talking about trying to make something happen. We're, trying, we're talking about agreeing with what already has happened. So I want us to turn our Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and uh, verse 4. We talked a few weeks ago from Romans that you can be metamorphosized, you can be transformed through the renewing of your mind, that you can know that transformation is as radical as a uh, caterpillar becoming a butterfly. That's what happens in the new birth. It's that radical, it's that transformatory. And the renewing of the mind connects us to what Christ has already won. And so Paul says this in uh, chapter 10 of 2 Corinthians, the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. In other words, the weapons of the world are, right, we're going to chuck more money at it. We'll try and find more human resources to throw at it. We'll try and find solutions that are within our repertoire. But Paul says we're not going to use the weapons of the world. Sometimes the weapons of the world are control. Sometimes they are manipulation. Sometimes they are intimidation, they're weapons of the world. But we don't fight with weapons of the world. On the contrary, the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to dis- demolish strongholds. Demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments in every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. We take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. I love that phrase, demolish. We read in the Old Testament, Israel, they leave Egypt where they were slaves. They go on this journey of promise. And then Joshua leads the people into the promised land to go and claim what is theirs as a gift. And when they go into the promised land... They find fortified cities and strongholds. They find Jericho that needs to be taken. And God leads them to march around and then cheer at the stronghold, the city, the uh, um, castle the, uh, gets demolished. And it's like the, in the Old Testament, it's like the enemies were out there. And we're taking physical land and we're taking physical strongholds and we're taking physical environment. But in Christ, it's like the battle changes from I'm going to rebuke everything out there to I'm demolishing the strongholds that are within me that prevent me enjoying the land that's mine as a gift. It's like in Christ, we've been brought to a land flowing with milk and honey of freedom, of hope and joy and power, of peace and thanksgiving. 
we've been brought into a wonderful place of, of shalom. We've been brought into a wonderful place of righteousness and connection with God. And sometimes the believer thinks, well, we're like an Old Testament army and we're, gonna, we're rebuking our circumstances, we're rebuking the people in our lives, we're rebuking this and we're rebuking that. And, you know, how many believers have said, I live in the centre of where witchcraft takes place, you know, like, I'm living right in the core of it. And everybody says, why would God, why would Satan set up a, a stronghold of witchcraft in a town of 200, you know? <laughs> you know, but people believe that they're in, they're going to rebuke this and correct that and demolish that. Well, of course, it's the weapons we fight with actually are for demolishing strongholds. They're for demolishing um, viewpoints that are arguments that are contradicting the revelation of what God says about himself. So a stronghold is a pattern of thinking that we have that has become our default mode because that's how habitually we think. That's a stronghold. That's what we're going after. That's what we're demolishing. Mm -hmm. So a stronghold is an habitual way that you view, maybe even view God, maybe it's the way you view yourself, Maybe it's the way you view um, circumstances or the people in your life. It's a way of habitually thinking. It's your default mode. It's, it, you know, you buy computers, you can reset it to factory settings. <laughs> and it's like you're, you feel like your factory settings are, I, I see life like this. Another way of seeing it could be, it's your mental block. It's your mental block whenever you... Um, come to view yourself in that way, you think, no, I'm not that, I couldn't be that. Mm. It's the kind of giant in our thinking, it's the fortified reasoning. So, it's the argument, it's the opinions, it's the warped ideas, it's the things that we have in our thinking that we don't really, that don't agree with God, don't agree with what the Bible says about who God is and how he sees us and how he sees the people in our life and how he sees our circumstances. It's, it's the things that we hold on to, the arguments that actually are in opposition to Christ. There what Paul is saying, we go after those, we want to demolish those. So, as it were, our rebuker, as it were, is not about, I'm going to rebuke this circumstance, or this situation, or this person in my life, or this problem, or some idea that this spiritual darkness is, going to, is doing this. Actually, we need to turn our rebuker, as it were, in on the strongholds in our thinking. Because that's really where transformation comes in. If I know I've been born again, and my brain begins to realise I'm agreeing with, actually, I'm a brand new creature. The life I live in this body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Wow, that means there is somebody who happens to be God, who now takes charge of every aspect of what I live in the body. It changes the way you see life. And so strongholds, these patterns of thinking, need to be torn down so that we can enjoy experientially who we already are. And so these strongholds can be things like um, discouragement. We, something happened to us that took away all of our courage and we're just discouraged you're living kind of under a cloud of discouragement. Maybe someone said something. A set of circumstances let you down. Maybe it was a breakthrough you expected to already have happened and it seems to be delayed. It's discouragement. Disappointment can be another stronghold. We just don't want to hope again because disappointment hurt so hard the last time. 
It can be things like cynicism, which is a very British thing. Whenever we hear um, good news or breakthrough, we have a kind of unbelief about it, a cynicism about it. Well, that's okay for them, but it couldn't happen here. It can be fear. Fear. Fear about the future. It can be insecurity. We don't realise who we are. We don't realise how God sees us. And when we walk in a room, we feel small. It can be the love of money can become a stronghold. The, the, the love of, of, of what money can do and what money can provide and the security that money can give. It can be a stronghold where you're desperate for the approval of people. A stronghold is any thought that leaves you feeling powerless and hopeless. That's, that's a stronghold in your thinking. When you come across something and you think, even subconsciously, you begin to think that could never change. That could never work out. It could, can come in a moment where you hear a testimony about someone else's breakthrough and the immediate thought is it's okay for them but God doesn't love me like that. That's a stronghold in your thinking. That's something that's come up in your thinking. That's something that the Apostle Paul is saying, we need to demolish strongholds, we need to demolish arguments, anything that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and take it captive and make it obedient. Francis Van Der Pen, in his, in his book, um, the, four, the, four, the Free Battlegrounds, says... Any area of our life that doesn't have glistening hope is a stronghold of the enemy. Any area where we look at it and think, I'm not, I don't have confident expectation. I'm not filled with joyful expectation about what could Jesus do. He's my hope. It could be you come here from another nation and you're doing a job that you really is below your qualification and you're longing to do what you're qualified to, but when you look at your future, you think, I'm never, ever going to have a job that matches my qualification. If that can be an area of hopelessness, that's a stronghold. It can be when we look at our kids, it can be look at when, when you look at your marriage, it can be look at when you look at your finances, when you look at your job, when you look at your health, when you look at your body, or when you look at the community, any area that doesn't glisten with hope, where you just got hope in it, that's an area that's actually a stronghold that needs to be demolished, taken captive, and made obedient to Christ. And sometimes... As we're going through life, God, just in his grace, just touches upon an area that's a stronghold. It can be sometimes when you get a prophetic word. How many of you got great prophetic words when the team were here a couple of weeks ago? And it would have filled you with hope and there would have been expectation. But most probably, when it's God giving his assessment of where he's taking you, it's going to be a lot bigger than you could ask or imagine. Because when God gives a promise about what he wants to do in and through you, it's going to be bigger than what you can do on your own without God. And that prophetic word, that assessment of God, will bring you face to face quite often with a stronghold. Because you're thinking, I've got this promise from God, and I know who I am, and I've got this promise. And Paul is saying, when you've got a promise from God, and you've got a disagreement in your heart, you need to demolish the stronghold that leads you into unbelief. 
So when, I, when I, the team were here, they gave me a prophetic word on a Saturday morning that really resonated in my heart, but was so much bigger than my view of myself. Um, I thought, yeah, I'm co- I can cope with something a lot less than that, but you have said something to me, God, that's now raising my eyes to see a little bit more of what you want to do. Mm. And, and my view of myself doesn't match that. And so, God, who's going to win here? Is it going to be, am I going to agree with your assessment yeah. and repent and demolish a stronghold, or am I going to walk away from it in unbelief? And so the prophetic brings us to God's assessment, God's view of us, and it's a wonderful way of demolishing strongholds. God's encouragement, his kindness, leads us to repent, to change our mind, think another thought. God said something, who's going to win here? Are you going to agree with God? Are you going to take this thing captive? Are you going to demolish it and walk in the freedom that God has for you? (coughs) Like I was saying, we've been talking about declarations. What's a declaration for those who may have not heard some of it? We've been saying that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So how we came to Christ is we heard good news. Somebody told us something about Jesus. We heard something. For some of us it was a friend, a neighbour, a colleague at work. For others it might be you heard a preach but you heard something. Someone declared something to you about the good news and the Holy Spirit took that truth about who Jesus is and what Jesus has won about the cross and the resurrection you heard something about his victory and the Holy Spirit caused that good news to create faith and you responded and we've spoken about actually we need to become the biggest speakers of good news in our own lives he says how beautiful are the feet who bring good news And we need to become those beautiful feet to ourselves. And declarations is a means of speaking good news to yourself every single day of the week. It's a way of hearing, and by hearing, faith comes and faith is ignited. We spoke about how our tongue is the rudder of our lives. James talks about that in James chapter 3. And that we can pilot our life into the things that God has for us, into our calling, into the the assessments of God through what we speak, through what we speak about God, through what we speak about ourselves, what we speak about other people and our circumstances. Our tongue can lead us places. It can take us places. Our tongue can take us into purpose and our tongue can take us into hopelessness. We can shift how we feel about ourselves by the way we speak about ourselves. And we spoke about Proverbs, where it talks about life is in the power of the tongue and death is in the power of the tongue. And we spoke about how we're often fully persuaded and convinced that death is in the power of the tongue because we've all experienced someone speaking death over us. We've all experienced a critique of us, a criticism of us that left us feeling maybe rejected. But often we're not convinced of the, the biblical truth as well, that life is in the power of the tongue and that by speaking good news to yourself, hearing good news you can actually ignite faith and hope and expectation and transformation through words that agree with God. So declarations are a powerful means of demolishing strongholds. They're a powerful tool for demolishing strongholds. 
We've said that declarations isn't a whole spiritual pie. It's a slice of the pie. There are other things that we do too. We meditate on scripture. We pray. We, we're in community with people. We worship. We soak in the Holy Spirit. We, 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 we reach out to the Bible. It's, it's a slice of the pie. It's not the whole pie, but it's an important part of the pie. It's a powerful slice of the pie. So through words and through declaration, through speaking truth of our own lives, we actually harness the power of words and we make it work for us. It's a powerful tool to say, I know that words are powerful. I know that they give life. I know that through my words I can pilot myself somewhere. I can take myself somewhere. I can lead myself somewhere. Just like the bit in a horse can take the horse left and take the horse right. You can take yourself somewhere by harnessing the power of words. You can actually pilot yourself to freedom and you can pilot yourself to restriction through what you say about yourself. When you hear a prophetic word, the next thing you need to do is create words and declarations that are in agreement with what God says about you. Not, well, it's a nice word, and God knows where I am, if he wants to fulfill it. Well, he knows. But I don't think it's, it's too big. Or you can say, I, I've weighed it, I'm holding on to the good of that prophetic word, it resonates in my heart, and it's from you, it's in agreement, there are other prophetic words as well that are in agreement with it, it fits the story of my life, it's the things that God has consistently spoken to me about, now I need to declare in line with what you say God, and not speak about myself in unbelief or disagreement. So declarations are those things that you declare and you speak over yourself. And one of the things that I do, getting into the habit more and more of doing, is I have a number of declarations I will say every single day of the week, every morning. And maybe there's something about my personality, I'm now increased that about I've got 140 things I want to hear. I want to hear them every day. I want to hear the promises of God over my life. Every day, I want to declare over myself, what does God's voice sound like? When you speak God, hope is released, joy is released. When you speak God, life gets built up. But declarations, you want to speak over yourself based on what he says. You want to be the biggest speaker of good news in your life. Someone said, you go to bed thinking, I didn't get enough done today. You wake up thinking, I didn't get enough sleep. <laughs> what are you going to do when you come, you want to be with God? And your, your disposition is you are overwhelmed and confused. You've got to hear something. You've got to hear something from the perspective of the Bible, from the perspective of his word. Because when you first wake up, and you start talking out of that state, you think, you better have not have prayed. Because that was more worrying out loud than prayer. And that was more fueling confusion than leading to clarity. So declarations are a way of saying, okay, when I get on the morning, I need to hear what you say about me. I need to hear what you say about yourself. 
I need to hear what you say about me and the people in my life and my circumstances. I've got to hear something and I've got to be the biggest speaker of good news to myself and I've got to be beautiful feet to myself right in the beginning of the day. I've got to hear something because I can't afford to go by what I feel. I can't because feelings, they're not a good barometer. They're just not. So I need to have something biblical and objective in line with the prophetic promises of God. So declarations are not about willpower. And they're not about a repackaging of the blabbit grabbit fifth. They're not about just kind of psychobabble. I just say this out to the great ether and unknown and somehow I'm like, no, it's not about that at all. It's that when you hear declarations that are biblical, you're hearing the Saviour's words. You've got to hear Jesus' words. You've got to hear something from him. How do you see the future? How do you see me? How do you see the areas that are growing and developing? I've got to hear something from you. You want to hear the Saviour's words. Not your best analysis of your circumstances and your situations and calling it prayer. Just sometimes I think we think it's okay to spend years and years and years babbling to God in unbelief. And actually what we need is I'm coming into the presence of God, I'm coming to hear something from the throne of grace. I'm coming to hear something from a heavenly perspective. Declarations take you from earthbound thinking to I'm seated with Christ in heavenly places. I'm going to hear something from you to me. I would say this, if you want to see an area of the stronghold demolished, you've got to be so, so wise about what your spiritual disciplines look like. Because it's possible to create spiritual disciplines that actually reinforce a negative stronghold, rather than demolish it. So if you are prone to fear, anxiety and worry, you do not want a prayer time that talks about all the things you are fearful, anxious and worried about. You do not want that. You you can't afford to go there. Fear is a stronghold in your life. You've got to change the way you pray. The last thing you want is 10 minutes with him where you imagine the worst possible outcomes, freak out about it and call it prayer. It's not going to demolish any stronghold. You'll walk away less hopeful, more more fearful, and more depressed. And you think, I prayed about it, God, and nothing's changing. You've got to hear good news. They're not beautiful feet you're bringing to yourself. If you hear that knocking on the door, don't answer it. So you want to hear the Saviour's words, because his words are life. His words ignite life. His words create life. They said to him, when the disciples said, we're going to, remember when Jesus did the preach about you've got to eat my body and drink my blood and and never he left Jesus. And then he was was talking about what he was going to do at the cross and he was talking about what he was going to do through his death and resurrection. And people struggled with that and thought it sounded gross and what are you talking about? And the the disciples, and Jesus said, are you going to go too? And they said, no, where else are we going to go? You've got the words of eternal life. I don't want to go anywhere else. I want to hear your words. 
Because when you speak, we come alive. When you speak, storms get stilled. When you speak, peace gets ignited. And so it's not just willpower. I'm just going to repeat these phrases again and again and again and again. And just hope that somehow no, I'm connecting to Him. Yeah. I'm connecting to words that I know He speaks, His heart, His viewpoint, the way He sees me, the way He sees the people in my life. I want to hear His perspective. And then when He speaks, His words have enabling power and grace in them. Be holy as I am holy is not a call to double your efforts. It's a proclamation of in me and what I do and what I say about you. You actually become holy. It's not like a pig walking on the ground and an eagle flies above and says to the pig, fly because I fly. Oh, that's great. I'm a pig and you're an eagle. And Christ does something remarkable in the new birth. We get translated, transformed. We move from kingdom to kingdom. We become something that we were not before. So it's not like the pig now going to work itself up. I'm going to be like you, Jesus. I'm going to be like you. I'm flapping my... I don't have arms like this, but I'm flapping my ears and I'm going to get this curly tail wheeling and I'm going to try... No. You've been changed. You've been transformed. Christ is in you, the hope of glory. You carry the fullness of God wherever you go. You're representatives of the kingdom. You're ambassadors of another realm. You're an outpost of heaven. Yeah. Take the renewal of the mind. You can walk into a room and say, I'm a powerless and hopeless victim of my environment. You can walk into an environment of a family or a workplace and say, I am powerless in this environment. Or you can say, I have the kingdom of God within me. Christ is in me, the hope of glory. One of the declarations I make is, today is a good day to raise the dead, heal the sick, bring freedom, lead people to Christ. I want to believe that who I am can bring an encounter to other people. I've got to move from unbelief about who I am in Christ to belief about who I am in Christ. Yes. And it's happening, and I want it to speed up, but it's going to speed up through believing. It's going to speed up through recognising what he says. Yeah. I love the way he works. I love the way he encourages. I love the way he's so patient with us and so kind. I love the way he takes us on a journey. I love the way he develops us and grows us. I love the way he, he must smile when we did treasure hunting. We run out and try and be bold for an hour. And run back in and say, oh, I won't do that again in two weeks. <laughs> and I love the way he says, you know, that can be your life. You can be an encounter anywhere you go. Yeah. That's where I'm taking you. This is just little training wheels to get you going. But I'm taking you where... You're going to know prophetic things wherever you go, over people in restaurants and cafes and 
and, and supermarkets, anywhere you go, I'm taking you to a place where I'm just going to be speaking to your heart more and more and more. And I see your growth, and I see you start as a toddler, and I see you only do it when it's convenient to you, for you, and it's one hour, a fortnight. I'm taking you where it's not always going to be convenient, where it's going to break out wherever. Yeah. And I'm going to do it through the renewing of your mind, because that's who you are already. That's how heaven sees you. Mighty man, mighty woman of valor. That's who you are. You're the one who's carrying the Lord of glory wherever you are, carrying wisdom and solutions and breakthroughs wherever you go. And I'm going to cause you to know that. And you're going to carry that. And it starts in the renewing of your mind in repentance. So I'm going to change my mind about how I view myself. I'm going to lay hold of your enabling, empowering grace. You are going to become, as the song says, like a hammer in my hand. And together we're going to smash blocks and we're going to smash strongholds. We're going to tear it down. And it's all going to be by grace. There's going to be no condemnation. There's going to be no severe introspection. It's going to be him saying, this is where we're going. And this is the gap between where we are now and where you're going. I'm going to lovingly teach you and train you and take you by the hand and bring you there. But you're not going to close the gap through condemnation and harsh treatment or treadmill white knuckles and just saying, oh, I'm a wretch. No, you're going to go there by agreement and allowing the Father to take you. And we can say at first, declarations, we can say, oh, at first they feel faint. We can say, that's not how I feel about myself. But do you know that a stronghold, a pattern of thinking, unbelief, discouragement, disappointment, cynicism, fear, shame, un- insecurity, these things have emotions attached to them. That we've, they're not just a way of seeing life, they're a way of feeling about life. And so, you might have a stronghold. Wherever you go, you think you're rejected. You walk in the room, you think you're the thick one, you're the weak one, you're the insignificant one, you're the unnecessary one. And that's how you reason. And then you hear, that's not how Christ sees you at all. That's not how he views you. He he views you as the beautiful one, the beloved, the carrier of wisdom. The one who can bring change and transformation to every room where you walk in. You hear that your royalty. You're part of a royal priesthood, that you've got dignity, you need to lift your head. But at first, at first, it feels fake because you've lived maybe 10, 20 years believing you're rejected, not accepted, not worthy. And then you hear him speak a higher word, a better word. And at first, your emotions don't agree and don't line up. And I think that's why Paul says we take captive every thought. That word captive, it's a violent act. It's not a casual act. It's, I'm taking that thought that is an argument in opposition to how Christ sees me, and I'm going to make it obedient. I'm going to conquer it. I'm going to make it submit to who Christ says I am. It's not a pretty thing sometimes. When God touches the core strongholds of your identity, how you've seen yourself, and starts to say, no, 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 that's not who you are. 
I've got a different assessment, and that's the assessment that I see you according to. There's a violence to this. There's a conquering of this. There's a, I'm going to bring this under control. So every time God comes to us and speaks a higher word to us, that touches a stronghold, that we go after to demolish it, they're beautiful moments. Oh, they're the most, I love them. I don't like introspection. I don't like going in after them and looking for them and trying to, because I've done that. I've done the thing where, this is my story, where you see where God's taking you and you see the gap of your current situation and your future calling and then I've done this for years. You go inwards and then you try and find areas to fix. Excessive introspection is not the means to spiritual maturity. It doesn't work. Because you, you see that and you see this, you go inwards and you come out from that feeling discouraged, disappointed and despairing. You go in and you think, I can't find any faith. There's no faith in here. I, said, no, I think the Bible says, fix your eyes on Jesus. Yeah. He's an author of faith. Yeah. It didn't say, look inwards, find if you've got any faith. <laughs> Find if you've got the willpower and the strength, can you modify yourself? It's a fix your eyes on the author and the perfecter. So I love, and we've said this before, the three provisions that God makes to reveal strongholds. I love his word. I love the Bible. I love the way a moment in scripture, he just whispers and speaks. And in a single moment, you can open your eyes and your heart and illuminate something. I love that. Proverbs talks about the slap of a friend is beneficial. The slap of a friend is your best friend. Yes. We all need a friend who will tell us the truth about ourselves. That's a beautiful thing. Someone you trust. Someone who will say to you, this is what I see. And we love the Holy Spirit who leads us into all truth. You are all free. You want the Word of God working. You want friendship and community working. You want Holy Spirit working. And I love it when God convicts of a stronghold. It's the most beautiful, life-giving moment I've been when he says, my kindness is leading you to change your mind. Because you freedom's coming. Freedom's coming. I didn't even know that was an issue, but freedom's coming. I'm going to view that differently. I'm going to repent of that unbelief, that discouragement, that, that disappointment that's got hold of my heart. I'm going to leave it behind. It's a beautiful, beautiful moment. And then you go to war on it. And then you are like King David looking at Goliath. God revealed it. He said, there's an area of your thinking that needs repentance. There's a moment in God where you see something you've not seen before that is to some extent blocking you experientially enjoying who you are in Christ and he in his grace and his kindness reveals that then be like David facing Goliath 
saying, I'm taking you captive, I'm making you submit to Christ, I'm making you obedient, I'm not going to accommodate you anymore, I'm going to be declaring truths about myself in line with what God says, your head is coming off. So one of my declarations is, I run at Goliath's. I run at Goliath's. I'm not going to be passive about it, I'm going to run at them. I'm going to go and take them captive. Sometimes strongholds go really, really easily. Sometimes, sometimes they don't. I mean, how many of you know there are many beneficial things that don't come easy at first? Like exercise. <laughs> Hugely beneficial. Or as Paul said, some benefit. <laughs> Beneficial or nutrition, or not easy at first. I'm gonna break that habit of six bags of crisps a day. <laughs> not easy at first, but in time, those new habits of say exercise and nutrition have huge, wonderful benefits. So sometimes. It takes time to overcome something. Sometimes you have to say something a few times before it becomes uh, worked into your heart and faith starts to get ignited. How many of you know that when you go after a stronghold, there's no convenient time? If you've lived with rejection all your your life, when is the convenient time going to be to demolish that stronghold? It's It's not now, is it, when you feel rejected? And you think, well, I know when I'll do my stronghold of um, rejection, when, I'm accept- when I feel accepted. Mm-hmm. Well, no, you've got to demolish to know you're already accepted. Stick at it. Run at your Goliaths. I'm going to read you some of the ones that I use so you get an idea of what I'm talking about. As Abraham did, I speak God's promises over my life. My faith is being strengthened to possess all that Jesus won for me. I need to hear that first thing in the morning. I'm going to hear, what do you say about me? A declaration so I don't listen to the accusing voices, the Bible says, of the one who always points out your fault. And I want to discern God's voice. God's voice always brings hope. It's how you know it's God speaking to you. It's the God of all hope. He always brings motivation and he always brings joy, peace. And when he speaks, energy is ignited. I get declarations from listening to preachers on prophetic words and other people's testimonies. I love this one. Today I'm putting the pen of my life in your hands because you are rewriting my identity. Today, Father, is causing me to realise who I really am. I have ridiculous hope. When there's issues around confusion, I want to declare I have a sound mind today. I will think the right thoughts, say the right words, and make the right decisions in every situation I face. I love this one. I expect that today will be the best day of my life, spiritually, emotionally, relationally, and financially, in Jesus' name. I love this one. This is from a prophetic song. Today, I declare that what was dying, you're reviving back to life again. What was fading, you make vivid and back to bright again. I am full of gratitude. My mind is being renewed by the word of God. 
Father God knows all the best things for me, things that will shape and define my identity. Today he's looking to share those moments with me. It gets me anticipating God. You're going to be sharing moments with me today, Father. There are things that you're going to be doing. There are things that you're going to be showing. God's voice is kind, patient, encouraging, comforting. He is a Father who builds me up in love. Let me read you just... Every thought that leaves me feeling powerless and hopeless is a lie. I will thrive because of his grace. It is normal for me to thrive and be joyful and radically hopeful.